Good morning. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? And I'd like to bless God this morning. It's, I found it strange when I read that the first time in Psalms where it says, Bless God. It's like, who am I that I can bless God? But God is worthy of any and all blessings that we can give Him. And then it says also that, it says, Bless God, and then it says, God bless you. So I'd like to bless you also this morning. Um, if you'd will turn with me to Romans Romans chapter 2, and thank you, Francia, for choosing a verse that was in the po- passage that we're going to be reading today that helped with the Bible study session this, earlier today. And also like to thank Arnu for preaching or giving a lesson on boldness. I was actually thinking he should have recorded it for himself so, so that he could listen to it beforehand to help him with his <laughs> lesson this morning because it was encouraging. Um, So we're going to be in Romans chapter 2, but I'd like to just quickly read two verses for you from uh, Nehemiah chapter 8. It says, and that's now after the wall was built and so on, and um, in verse 5 it says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now, Israel was busy reading there for, from the morning until midday, and it seems like they were standing while reading for that whole entire time. So I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and I'm going to ask you to please stand with me as we read in Romans chapter 2. And to make it fair, I'll also be standing without the pulpit and carrying my Bible. So Romans chapter 2 from verse 17, it says there, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, Judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Thank you. May be seated. The first time that somebody asked that of me when I was sitting in the congregation, um, the, the pastor basically just said, 
Will all those just give proper honor to the reading of the Bible? And a few, m- mostly pastors, because it was a revival meeting, mostly pastors were standing up and I was like, what's happening? What should I do? Because <laughs> um, I didn't know about this verse. And when I eventually got to hear about this and understand what it is, I, I was like, oh, okay, yes, I should have st- stood. But um, I liked that. I liked their heart in, in that. God looks on the heart and not in outward appearance. Them being prepared and out of their own just to stand up in respect and reverence to the Word of God. Because that's where the power lies. The power li- does not lie with me or with any one of us. It lies with God and His Spirit and His, and His Word. So, um, before we continue, let's just go to God in prayer and ask Him to help us. Lord, thank You for this day that You've given us, for the rain, that we can be blessed with that. As we also think of the rain, please be um, with those in Hofmeyer that um, You'll just send them the blessing through rain and that they'll be able to see Your provision in all of that, all of that but also help them in this time of, of need to keep their trust in their eyes set on you. Um, please help us also to be as one body of Christ to have our minds set to, to help each other and to be in prayer for, for them and also to be in prayer for any, um, all, all the rest that are in need of maybe financial difficulties or um, just stress at work or, or just um, that need encouraging that you also be with Pastor Mike, as he's also going through a difficult time, and just with all of us that we'll just keep our eyes set on you, and also think of the Putme family in Colombia, that you'll just help them and encourage them and give them also the space that they require there, and um, so that they can continue doing the good work that they are busy with there, and I just also thank you for all of your blessings and for the privilege of being here today um, in, in the house of God, and being able to get to read and learn from your word and I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. So my theme and title well the title is going to be for for today a walkie talkie Christian. <laughs> now um I'm not talking about the two way radio okay I was trying to fit that somehow in but it just didn't work. I'm not talking about a two way radio um, what I'm talking about is also not a gossip or a talebearer, so a Christian that walks everywhere and tells everyone whatever they shouldn't be telling. Um, so not that kind of walkie-talkie Christian. And I am also not, although this can work, I'm not talking about being a witness wherever you go. Because that, that, that fits very well, and it's a part of it, but that's not the main focus. What I want to talk to you about as we find it here in, in Romans chapter 2, is that we should have our walk according to our talk. We should, what, we, what we preach, we should also be able to do, and we should follow through with that. Um, the title almost was going to be, Does the World Have a Leg to Stand On? And I just so desperately wanted to put in, somehow fit in the joke about flamingos because of the, of the leg, because of a stupid Siri joke that I heard um, about this guy saying, people always constantly tell me that I should stop acting like a flamingo and that's when I put my foot down. <laughs> I didn't think that would work. It's a Siri joke, but okay. <laughs> um, so the idea was, does the world have a leg to stand on? 
when we talk about their claim that Christians are hypocrites. But I didn't like that so much. I would rather wanted to have be, and this is basically the theme then, is don't give the world a leg to stand on. Because the first one almost assumes that it is already there. The second one is, assumes that you haven't given the world a leg to stand on yet. And it's a warning not to do so. And I hope that that is the situation for us. And um, that this warning that we find here in Romans chapter 2 remains a warning and not a rebuke. So before I get into some context here, I found something also on hypocrisy that I want to just read to you, two jokes, which I hope works. It says here, people are hypocrites. My friend got called a hero for donating donating a kidney, but when I turn up to donate 10, they call me a monster. (laughs) There are three types of people I hate. One, hypocrites. Two, people who can't count. (laughs) So, let's get into some context. Romans, the first few chapters, as you probably know, is about Paul mostly proving that all have sinned. It climaxes in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, where he says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 1 starts out with his um, standard greeting, and then he says he thanks them for their faith that, um, that he's heard about abroad. And then he goes on to speak about he's ready to preach the gospel, the power that he's not ashamed of the, the gospel, for it's the power of God. Um, and then he starts to talk about as uh, the common verse there that we have in Romans uh, 1 verse 20, where it speaks about the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. Um, People who do not have the revelation maybe, but they still have no excuse because they've got creation. And it was... an awesome day when some, when one day when I, when I spoke to someone and, told, and it was an atheist and just gave him this example. If you look at a building and you, and you look at how it's got purpose and so on, you know that somebody made that. And then I told him, if you look at you, you can see you've, you're finely tuned. You, I mean, man has not been able to make a robot anywhere close to as sophisticated to, as we are or even just animals and dogs. I've been talking to my uncle like, I can move my arms wherever I want to, and yet there's also power and there's precision. You don't see that in, in robots. So I told them that and say, don't you then expect that there's a creator that, that made you? And he, he was like, wow, you've given me something to talk about or to think about. <laughs> um, that, that was a, a, a great day. So this is part of this idea here of the invisible things showing the Godhead. And then it goes on to talk about some other sins, and then it lists a whole list about covetous, maliciousness, um, workers or I- envious and um, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, and so on. It lists this. As, as, as those people who, who are, as it says here, being filled with all unrighteousness and God gave them up over to a reprobate mind. But then it starts to shift in Romans chapter 2 in verse 1. It says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou the judgest doest the same things. 
You see that therefore, it is there for a purpose, and it is to talk here, after having just listed all these people, it says, now you that can recognize these guys that are doing something wrong, you are also inexcusable. So don't think because I have knowledge of, yes, that's wrong, um, that you're okay. It doesn't work like that. I think this perfectly fits in with verse 13, 14, and 15, um, especially verse 14 of chapter 2, where it says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are law unto themselves. And verse 15, Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So I see that as you have two options. When you realize something is wrong, and you see somebody else doing it, comparing yourself with them, you either accuse them as well, or you excuse your <laughs> um, you doing, doing that. But just the, the, the law of God written in our hearts and our conscience also bearing witness that what they are doing is wrong, that judges us. And, no, and, and it should also, we should also be pointing the finger to ourselves and know that we also are, are inexcusable. And then he shifts completely um, to the passage that we are going to look at today in verse 17, where he shifts to the Jews, who are a religious um, group of people. And why, I, why it came that that would be the passage for today is because uh, we ca- you can Im- immediately see how this can be applied to our lives, right? Interpretation, that's not going to be the main focus for today. It's going to be application because we are not Jews. And he was talking here to Jews and what they were were doing. But if I were to interpret verse 17, or not interpret, to apply verse 17 and 18, take the truth of it and apply the principle, I would read it as follows. I would say, Behold, thou art called a Christian and restest in the Bible and makest thy boast of God, especially of Jesus Christ. And knowest his will and provest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law, out of the, the Bible. When I first read it like that, I was like, wow, there's something here that we can, can learn. And so, as you know, the, the theme is going to be hypocrisy. And I, I've got three points to learn it, love it, and to live it. But I hope that at least it is you have learned it. You have loved it. Now let's live it. Because firstly we see here in verse 17, 18 that they have learned it. In other words, it's, um, it's, I hope it's almost like learning to ride a bicycle. <laughs> you, once you have it, you have it. You never forget how to ride it. You might stop being able to ride it, but that's another scenario. My grandmother still rides it. <laughs> Um, being, I think, 75 or something. Um, and she's the one actually that got me riding bicycle. Um, but I hope it is something that we've learned and that will stick with us. So firstly, under that, let's talk about being called by his name. Because it says here, Behold, thou art called a Jew. And for the Jews, it was a great privilege and honor to be called a Jew. It was, we are the people of God. We are Jews. We, we are called by His name. God has said many times of the nation that you are called by my name. 
we are called Christians. We bear His name. We have been saved, been given eternal life. We are in His body. We are His church. We are His temple. We um, are citizens of heaven and families, uh, 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 priestly or a heavenly family. We are children of the King and we have the Bible. We have each other. We have the Holy Ghost living in us. And that's something we all know. But we should never forget that or take that for granted. And with all of this knowledge comes, with all of this privileges of our knowledge or privileges, <laughs> comes responsibilities. For the Jews, we see in verse 23 and 24, um, he says, Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. We'll have a look at that again in, in a short while, but we see their responsibility. They are called by the name of God. They are the chosen nation, and because of their deeds, they dishonor God because people look at them and say, oh, is that the people of God? People look at us and say, oh, is that the people of God? Is that children and fo- of God, the followers? of Jesus Christ. Is that how they act? And I want you to notice this first word in in verse 17. It says, Behold. People can see us and they can see what we do and see what we say. And um, many times we don't even realize what they do see and say. So we need to be extra careful about how we live our life. And then secondly, about this learning is that we have been counseled by His Word. The responsibility that we have having the Word of God is that we should study it. So we have been counseled by His Word. In verse 17 it continues, um, after thou art called the Jew, it says, and restest in the law. In other words, um, you, you rely on the Lord. In Afrikaans, stien op die, op die wet, not Lord, law. Um, you rely on the law. You um, settle on it. That's where you find rest. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. In verse 6 as well. Do we rest in the Bible? I'm sure most of us do. We meditate therein day and night that we can have good success and that we can prosper in our ways. We see it throughout the Bible that meditating therein is, what please, is part of what pleases God. And then he says also here, yeah, And makest thy boast of God. And if we apply it to ourselves, yes, we boast of God, but to m- make it more specific for us who bear the name of Christ, we boast of Jesus Christ. We say that He has saved saved us and has given us new life and has made us new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are His workmanship created unto good works. Do we also live that or do we only do that every now and then? We boast of God. We, We give Him the glory. Let's also do it in our walk, that we can be a walkie talkie Christian. And then it continues in verse 18 and knowest His will. So it's not you think you, um, you, th- you think you know what His will is. It is you know His will. You have been 
instructed. You have His Word. You've been studying it. You know what God wants. There remains no more excuse. The theme for chapters 1 to 3 is all about the law and judging and no excuses and all of us not being able to escape the judgment that is coming. And here again we see that you know His will. You have no excuse. And then the rest of that verse, and approvest the things which are more excellent being instructed out of the law. Approving here, um, it's putting your stamp of approval, right? But you usually only do that after you've tested it, after you've um, diligently searched it out and saw this is genuine. I can put my stamp of approval on this. You have been in the Bible, you've been studying it, and you say, I can put my stamp of approval on what God has told me here to do. And now we have the responsibility. Are you also living accordingly? And then the, lastly on this being learned is we have our first warning. It says that, in the, in, lastly, they're being instructed out of the law. It means that it's not out of your own uh, goodness or out of your own ideas that you now know what is God's will. It's because it has been taught to you. You've been instructed out of it. So the warning is not to be prideful in it and think now, well, we are the people of God. You must listen to us. We have it all figured out. Let me just also mention that um, when the people give a claim like hypocrisy and so on, it's not that we should now say um, or think that we are going to be always holy. We are not going to be holy. We are not going to always do the right thing. We're going to try and do the right thing. We are still in this body of flesh waiting for the redemption of our body. And that's something that they don't understand. So I'm not saying, okay, now you go and be holy. Don't do anything wrong again. Um, so we've learned it. And secondly, you've loved it. When you love something, you like to talk about it. You've got a hobby, um, and you're like, you know everything about it. We've been, I heard this morning about somebody who likes coffee and coffee machines, and he's able to explain everything about that. He's able to show you exactly the formulas or the whatever chemistry that needs to go into coffee because coffee, you know, makes chemistry. Apparently, I don't really drink coffee, so that's for him, not for me. Um, but I also have my hobbies, and I, I can talk about that. It's actually mainly <laughs> here, um, but this is my life. And you, you love to talk about it. And although we love the Lord and we love to read about His Word, it's, it's weird that when we go out, it's almost like, we don't have that liberty, that boldness to talk and live the way we believe. As was given to us this morning, we should have that boldness. And it's not a switch that you turn on and say, okay, now I'm soul winning. Okay, now I am uh, going to church. It is, it's your life. It's a reality. While doing, doing the study, it was also for me uh, as an, yeah, I don't need to, okay, let's go soul winning. Um, there is the, I mean, you do make that opportunity. What, but what I mean is, 
When I talk about this is a roof and this is a floor and that's a door and so on, I mean, that's just reality. We should be able to speak the same way about God and about the things of the Bible because we do believe it is reality, right? It is true. We have eternal life. We are going to be in heaven. We are already seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. So why would there be any hesitation to talk about the things that we know are true? We know His will and, and approve the things that are more excellent. So um, you don't have to turn there, but I want to read to you Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 23. It says that he that laboreth, laboreth for him... Uh, sorry, 23, I'm reading 26. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. So I'm just um, talking about this idea of loving. Love is usually, uh, we see it as seated in the heart. And here we see that the heart of the wise teacheth the mouth. And I'm sure that some other verses are coming to mind for you. Uh, we have Matthew chapter 12. Um, Matthew chapter 12, if I can just find it quickly and read it to you. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34 says here, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And there's other cross-references you can get for that. But also Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says that for where your treasure is, there will your, there will your heart be also. So, why I say that you've loved it is because you've been instructed out of it. You, it's in your heart and now you start talking about it. And that's what we see here in Romans chapter 2 is that being instructed, they start talking about it. In verse 18 and 19, it says, For the wrath, um, chapter 2, sorry, verse 19 and 20, And art confident that th thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. So you've been instructed, and now you are also even confident that you yourself are an instructor. You are confident that you are a guide of the blind. A guide is somebody who leads someone else, and the blind is someone who can't see anything, so you help them. Um, and you are fully assured that you are able to help them and take them to the place that they need to be, uh, to lead them and show them and give them discernment, because a, a blind man does not have discernment of the things around, around him. But then also it says that you're a light of them which are in darkness. And again, I'm sure many verses come to mind. Um, Psalm 119, verse 105 I hope I get the order right. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, but also in the beginning of the Gospels, uh, when Jesus, um, speaking of Jesus and, and the people who were sat in darkness and Jesus being a great light that came unto them. And um, people not wanting to come to the light because they love their deeds, because they are evil and they want to stay in the darkness. In Matthew 5 verse 14 so, uh, talking about, um, let's quickly read it. I, I, 
I was there, so Matthew chapter 5, if you want, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 5 and vo- verse 14. It says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Especially talking about the Jews and how they were supposed to be a light and s- to the Gentiles were supposed to draw the people to the only and true God. But because of their pride and religion and traditions and so on, had put a bushel under it. Um, as the next verse says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and giveth light unto all that are in the house. And Philippians 2 verse 15 says that we shine as lights in, in this world. So we are confident that we are a light to them that are in darkness, because we have been instructed and we know His will. And then it continues in Romans chapter 2 in verse 20. Um, it says, an instructor of the foolish. And then it also talks about teacher. And I wanted to try and get uh, <laughs> see why the difference between instructing and teaching. And it's uh, basically the same. But I think with instruction, you get the added idea of discipling and training. So there's also uh, walking a path with someone rather than just giving them the knowledge. And it fits very well because it says instructor of the foolish. And the foolish is the one who opposes wisdom, who is void of understanding, who does not regard the law, who um, dispose wisdom and hate knowledge and speak all of his mind, not thinking what, he's going, what to say and before he says it. Um, so you, it's, it's more of a instructing, a, a guiding and discipling and training. And then it says uh, that you're a teacher of babes. Babes immature Christians, people who have not yet been able to get to know everything here. So they've been instructed and they help others to be instructed uh, as well. And, and then the, lastly it says, and has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. This word form here is interesting that it's added there and it's not just in which has the knowledge and the truth in the law. Form like uh, almost appearance, right? Um, if you have all of this and you know all of this but you don't live it then you're not living accordingly to this um, knowledge and this truth and I believe that's, this is why he says we have the form of knowledge you, you, it looks like you have it all but you're not living it so you don't have it all yet um, in Second Timothy 3 verse 5 it speaks there about people having the form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So you have this outward appearance but you don't live it inside. You, when you're in front of people where people can see you, it looks all good and well but in your home it's, it's a different situation. But that's not the case for us. We have learned it, we have loved it, so now let's live it. It's the last one, yes. Now let's live it. Verse 21 to 29, but um, before we read it, I just want to mention something about hypocrisy. Is As also going witnessing, I came to someone and we've got a track that says, this is, could be your last five minutes. Are you ready? And I asked that question to a lady and a girl. 
and she um, said, I feel like you're judging me. I was like, no, why? Afterwards, I had so many things I could have said, and fortunately I didn't because maybe it would have made it worse. But things like, um, if I asked you, are you ready for your exam tomorrow, would that be judging you? I hope you're not asking your friends if they are ready for their exam. Um, But she telling me that, because after that she she said, no, but you should rather do this and this and this, and it was this, um, you should tell tell me that God loves me and so on. Um, She judged me for how I was going to her. You see the clear hypocrisy in that. I'm not, I'm not, accusing her of something that I'm not um, what nie moendlik is vir my om te gebeur nie, what, what, that won't happen to me I mean, any one of us can f- easily fall into hypocrisy, hypocrisy and that's why it's such an important thing to warn on hypocrisy, to warn against giving the world a leg to stand on um, we are always experts in discovering the hypocrisy in someone else but usually not the hypocrisy in our own selves and when we, when we do see something wrong in someone else, it is most probably because it's, it's already something that's going on in our own lives. Um, if, if you, I can't get an example, but the idea comes from chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, where it says, Thou therefore, och, therefore thou art inexcusable, a man whosoever thou art a judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou the judgest doest the same things. It's not necessarily that if you judge someone for fornication that you are a fornicator. So I would see there are two options to interpreting it because I do believe that 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 is an option. That you do see the sin in someone else that is most probably true in your life. But just also the fact that you see sin in their life, you know that you are also a sinner. So as we read here through Romans chapter 1, let's see what Paul says. He firstly interrogates them by asking them a bunch of questions. In verse 21 he says, Thou therefore, again there's that therefore, because you have been instructed in the law, because you love it, thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? You are able to teach other people what they should do, so you should also be able to know for yourself what you should be doing. So don't you teach yourself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal. Dost thou steal? I had in this, I think it was in this week, or it was the week before, somebody um, who I had a difficult time convincing that um, a certain activity is stealing. I had to tell him that stealing is where you take something that is usually on sale and you don't pay for it. So you can imagine for yourself what it is. Anything on the internet, that you don't usually get from the shops like programs, music, and movies that you take without paying. You can make up your own mind, but I believe that's stealing. Um, I had to convince him of that, and another thing about this guy was also he was saying he only lied once in his life, and that was when he told his, girl, told his girlfriend that he loved her. That was... <laughs> yeah... <laughs> Anyway, um, so then it says in verse 22, 
Thou that sayest the man should not commit adultery, does thou commit adultery? You're not maybe committing adultery, but um, are you lusting? It's because that is also is hypocrisy. And he continues, Thou that abhorrest idols, does thou commit sacrilege? So you're not taking something and worshipping it or putting, priority of, uh, putting something in, in priority above God. You're not worshipping some idol, but are you profaning the things of God? It's sacrilege. It's profaning holy things. Are you profaning, um, let's say, the Lord's Supper, communion? Are you coming with it um, not with the right heart and uh, not with the right attitude? So there's still that aspect of hypocrisy. And then it continues in verse 23. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. Now, now my question to you is, if you brag about your house rules and, uh, and your diet and all that, and it's, this is the perfect thing, this is going to make you so healthy, and this is how you can live a life that's, that's just, uh, um, you know, the good life, uh, what does it help if you brag about that, but you don't actually live like that, and you make exceptions, and you... Um, break your own rules and so on. We boast in God. What does it help if we dis disregard His His will, disregard His Bible? So, I would also again, if we apply that, thou, ma thou that makest thy boast of the Bible and of the Christian life of Jesus, etc., through breaking or disregarding uh, His His will, dishonorest thou God? In verse twenty-four. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. Just this idea of um, blaspheming a name, I immediately think about brand names. For those of you who don't know, I'm an insurance assessor. Yay. And um, with liability claims, sometimes stock like my nays, um, Blackwell and Crosswell, what's it? I didn't do the claim, my dad did it. Um, it was contaminated by just sprinkler water. But it doesn't matter, it was contaminated and they won't allow, and also Mrs. Balls, there was also a claim with them, but they won't allow the stock to be sold anywhere. It has to be destroyed because they need to protect their name. We are bearing God's name. So we need to also have that kind of standard that we won't allow anything to dishonor God in our lives. If you will turn, to me, turn with me uh, to Second Samuel chapter 12. Because you notice there it says, as it is written. And a cross-reference that I found is Second Samuel chapter 12 um, and verse 14. It says, how be it, it's talking about David after um, the matter with Bathsheba and uh, Uriah and so on. It says, how be it because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. David, a man after God's own heart, has given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme because of He's dead. So we need to be very careful because it can happen to any one of us. Um, and then secondly, 
after this interrogation, he starts addressing their um, intelligence, their logic. Because it says there in tw verse 25, For circumcision verily profiteth, so we can say maybe to apply it, religion verily profit profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So remember, we're not interpreting. But if we need to apply this principle, what does it help if we have this outward show but don't have the inward in us? We are not being obedient. And it's also not talking about salvation. So we also notice that it's not a physical being well, from circumcision to uncircumcision. It is talking about spiritually. It is you might as well have been a heathen or one of them an uncircumcised because of the way that you live. And then it continues in verse 26. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, Judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Again, you think of Jesus talking about Nineveh uh, and how they will rise up in judgment because they repented at the preaching of Jonah who said one sentence to people he didn't want to um, give grace to and he knew God would give it to them. And the Queen of Sheba coming to hear the wisdom of Solomon and there's a greater one than Solomon and there's Jesus where they could go to. Their actions judge our lack of, of actions. Um, and then we come to a verse 28 where he st starts to give his intention for this whole thing. His conclusion is um, just the intention of, of speaking about the Jews. This is verse 28. For he, that, oh, yeah, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. We see that it, to God, who looks on the heart, it's about what happens inside here. And as Pastor Mike always said in, in Bible school, a spiritual Jew, let me just clarify that, a spiritual Jew um, is a Jew that is spiritual. It's not anything else. Interpretation-wise, he's speaking to Jews. But application-wise, we can take that principle and learn from their mistakes and apply it to our lives. He, they were not fully serving God and fully Jew if it wasn't out and in. Um, and we also, what does it help if we only have the outward show? Let me, in cross-reference to that, um, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16, in, in speaking about God looking on the heart and um, about what matters to God, Deuteronomy chapter six, 10, verse 16, it says there, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. And just a bit further on in chapter 30, verse 6 it says and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live 
And I'm sure what pops to, pops to mind with that is Colossians 2.11, where it also speaks about um, circumcision. And 2.11 says, In whom also ye, that's you, all of us who are saved, ye also are circumcised with the circumcision man, made without hands in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of, of Christ. So God has already worked the work in us so that we can be able to also have it inward and not just an outward show. So we really do not have any excuse. God looks on the outward, but God, uh, man, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the inward. And we see that again in, in Romans chapter 2 verse 16 where it says, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. And we, and we know that. And then lastly, this chapter ends by saying, whose praise is not of men, but of God, because we don't do it for men. We do it for God. And if we do it for God, our praise is of God. And that is what we seek. So don't give the world a leg to, to stand on and make flamingos of them. Learn it, love it, and live it. And I hope that it is you have already learned it, loved it, and now just continue living it. I found a poem that I, I want to read to you in, in closing about hypocrisy. It says, You can fool the hapless public. You can be a subtle fraud. You can hide your little meanness, but you can't fool God. You can advertise your virtues. You can self-achievement lord. You can load yourself with riches, but you can't fool God. You can criticize the Bible. You can be a selfish clod. You can lie, swear, drink, and gamble, but you can't fool God. You can magnify your talent. You can hear the world applaud. You can boast yourself somebody, but you can't fool God. And that is true for anyone, not just the lost, but for us as well, especially for us with God living inside of us. So I hope that is, was a warning and an encouragement for all of us, me as well, that we will live according to our words and be a walkie-talkie Christian. <laughs> thank you. Let's pray. God, thank you for this um, day that we can be in your word and thank you for giving us your word and that we are able to know your will and able to uh, be instructed and able also to instruct others please help us to be encouraged by your word and to look to your word for encouragement and for strength and for boldness and that we'll seek to please you in everything that we do that we'll seek to not just have an outward show but a heart pleasing to you that we can all be men and women with the heart that's pleasing you that um, we can seek to glorify your name and just honor it through everything that we do opposed to dishonoring it through our deeds. And ask also that um, you be with us and help us to continue working together as a body of Christ and encouraging each other and warning each other and building each other up and that we'll continue waiting for the day when you are coming back to, to redeem us the blessed day when we can finally be with you forever and rest from all our labors and toil here on earth. And while we have that in view, please never allow us to fall backwards or slide backwards in our service to you. 
always looking towards that day of your coming. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.